When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week, Dad and I sit down and give you a bit of a bonus episode at the tail of each week. And Dad, something really wonderful happened on the Loose Units Facebook page. May I just start the episode by reading you an absolutely crazy message, which I think you'll get a kick out of. Paul, I'm ready to go. Okay, here we go. This is from Andrew Palmer. Loose Units crew, I wanted to thank you so much. Short version, there was a fire in the apartment complex I live in, in inner Melbourne. This was huge. 4am, six trucks, sorry, appliances. It's four and a half hours later and they're still here cleaning up. So, Dad, this message was written kind of four and a half hours after this thing happened. Anyway, where do you come in, you ask? Well, some time ago, John, you mentioned it was a good idea to know where your nearest fire hydrants were. At 4 a.m., they don't stand out. The fiery yelled out if anyone knew where the nearest hydrant was in our complex, they were also utilizing two hydrants on opposite ends of our neighborhood block. I was able to direct them because I had made note of its location when I moved in a few months ago because of your episode, Dad. Cheers. P.S. I now have a wet patch on my carpet where the water has leaked in through the walls. So, Dad, I think you may have just saved this apartment block from burning down. How does that feel? Wow, that's... (laughs) Look, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? It's... I'm... I'm almost speechless, but I've never actually ever been speechless. No, we know. know. Um, But... I'd just like to say congratulations. When he referred to the wet patch, I mm. thought he was talking about he was just excited. Sure, you think he had a bit of a bit of a discharge? Yeah. There's a but, word. <laughs> but um it's such it's so fantastic and the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though this isn't a cooking show. Um I'm quite in awe and I'm stoked and I think it's a really, really great um anecdote as to mm. how everyone should Within the next 24 hours, no matter where they are in the world, get out and find the nearest hydrant. Because trust me, four in the morning when the fire is, bearing in mind the fires have probably been asleep, the bells go off. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's hypothesize, listeners, and imagine what it's like. Imagine if I come around to your houses, uh, like, like Father Christmas, and I bang on your door... Mm-hmm. And I start screaming at you with bells, telling you to. <laughs> I'm serious. Imagine telling the the sleepy occupant to to, yeah. to wake up, pull yourself out of your dream. I just thought you were saying that that's what Santa does. He smashes uh-huh. on your door and starts screaming. Yeah. No, that'd be bells. that'd be weird. That'd yeah. actually traumatize well children and parents alike. That's that's where the wet patch comes from. Yeah. Mm. Um, but imagine imagine sort of shaking you in your bed. And then someone shouts out to you. They give you an address. Yeah. And they say, we want you there in two minutes. Oh, and by the way, you've got to get dressed, but not in your normal clothes. You've got to put on a massive outfit, boots. I mean... Like an elf. Are you dressing as an elf? Oh, we're not doing Santa anymore. Hang on. Are you talking about 
Are you trying to describe what it's like to be a firefighter? Right. Correct. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, imagine. Okay. And then so, the aside from all the dramas that the fires are experiencing en route. Yeah. Um. You know, they might see smoke. Um. They might that the sky may be glowing, like it was with the Lunar Park fire, mm-hmm. which is um, getting a bit of press at the moment, and uh, and and the adrenaline's pumping, and you're going through your mind. You know, everyone knows what they've got to do, but it's it's going to be chaos. Now, the first thing the fires want is water, and if you, and if the members of the public, you listeners, can get out there, um, and and direct them be standing there with your arm up and pointing, they will kiss your butts majorly. It's that important because time is of the essence because they're only carrying about maybe eight minutes of water on board and eight minutes of water is not a lot of water. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's a great story and I'm really, really happy that we, um, you know, played our, our minor part. There are some uh, follow-up comments below the thread which are worth looking at. Um, Adrian says, I've looked for our nearest hydrant as well and can't find it. We'll have to investigate further. Thank you, John, for bringing up that idea. Elisa said, when John said that on the podcast, I actually looked and realized that the hydrant was on my front lawn. I had been in the house 18 months. I made a point to trim around it properly now. So she actually keeps it. That is trim. so wonderful. Isn't that, that great? Is so good. Now, just in New South Wales, listeners, mm. yeah. um, I mean, I can't speak. I mean, in Melbourne, they've got the, the hydrants that are actually above ground. Mm-hmm. like in America, like in New yes. York, which I think yep. is a mind-blowing idea in that I, everyone can actually see them. Mm. But but also make sure that you don't park because the, I've seen some photographs. There's a classic photo that I once saw of the fireys in New York and they had to run a hose and they just smashed both windows in the car. Mm. They fed the hose through the car and hooked up to, to a hydrant. Couldn't they have gone around the car? Uh I mean, it's more it's, fun to smash the car, obviously. No, 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 but it's, it's very, very likely, Paul, that the mm. cars were all tightly packed in. Okay, gotcha. And I think, you know, in a, in a moment of perhaps being slightly pissed off as well. Um, but, yeah, so that, that can happen. But, but um, the fire brigade have got incredible power. They have the power to sink ships. They can demolish buildings. Mm-hmm. They can order the demolition of surrounding buildings. It's It's... It's almost godlike power, um, and what I was going to say in in New South Wales, you'll see signs on telegraph poles, and it says HR or HP. HR means hydrant roadway. So start looking out on the on the actual bitumen on the on the road. Don't go out. Obviously, you might get run over. Yeah. Um, but at least be aware so that on that fateful night, and mm. it probably will happen one day, and invariably nighttime, but daytime it, it can be equally uh, you know stressful. Mm. And um, the other is HP. Well, you need to be careful that you don't direct the firefighters towards the HP valve. Otherwise, they'll end up spraying brown sauce all over the fire. And that shit is flammable. It's, it's um, delicious yeah, on eggs. but <laughs> Paul, I'll tell you what, they broke the mold when you were born. Well, you did. Um, and the other okay, so what, what does HP actually mean? Um, hydrant pathway. Hydrant pathway. So it'll oh, be on okay. the path. And, and, and a part of firefighters' daily routine on the day shift mm-hmm. um, is and occasionally you see fireys, at least in Sydney, walking around. Uh, they park the appliance and the crew with the station officer walk up and down streets and what they're doing, they're checking. Because if you have a really good look at the those um, enameled signs, 
that are they've got a white background. The the writing is in red, HP yeah. or HR. But if you actually go up and study the sign, you will see certain numbers and what they are. They're giving you. Okay, this is really actually it's kind of I don't think we've ever discussed this, but I think it's kind of pretty cool. And that is that when you stand looking up at the pole and see the enameled sign, let's say it says HP, what you do, listeners, you stand directly looking at the sign and it'll have some measurements stamped into the uh, the plate and that will tell you the distance from the sign or the pole. But here's the thing. The direction that the sign has been nailed into the telegraph pole, imagine if you become that little sign and you look mm-hmm. straight ahead so you know which direction to walk in. Isn't that fascinating? So, okay. I mean, am I making sense? So yes. no matter where on the pole, this and there, I mean, a pole is circular, which means it's 360 degrees. So that those signs could be anywhere in that 360 degree circle. And there's your first clue. Yeah, gotcha. Now, okay. So there's a bit to it. It can be, you know what it is, it's minor detective work. Right, okay. okay. And and I went to a major fire once. It was, it was a whole lot of, um, um, what's the word where they repair boats down in Kirribilli? You know, shipyard. Like a ship, yes. And the entire shipyard was ablaze. And it was a Sunday Arvo. I was a relieving firefighter, which meant I didn't know that area that well. And... I was driving the pumper and I inadvertently, when we got down, there were probably 500 people. It was a big production and I parked on top of the hydrant. And that meant I had no chance of finding it. Now, obviously, there are other hydrants. They're spaced X metres apart. But that meant I had to run out a lot more hose and it was really stressful. Imagine if one of those people had have had the foresight to jump down onto the path and then actually guide the fire engines in and say these this is where the hydrants are and mm. and then we wouldn't have parked over them so that was a bit of a bun fight but yeah so well done everyone so there's a few more comments here from listeners uh this one i hate kathy thank god you're safe and can i say better to have water damage on your carpet than maggots that is an, a horrible reference to the time you found that rolled up carpet and mm. the persian rug and you think a dead body was stored inside mm. it so yeah yeah no thanks i agree Thanks, Kathy. Uh, Mick Denton said, if you want to find a hydrant in Metropolitan Melbourne, the indicators are fairly simple to find, or there should be. There are two indicators when the fire brigade use. A primary indicator is a blue reflective square on a white background and is placed in such a way that it points directly toward a hydrant. A secondary indicator is a blue rectangle on a white background. This is placed on the other side of the same pole, usually facing the direction of traffic so firefighters can see that there is a hydrant somewhere on the other side of the pole, which is then indicated by the primary. Uh, so mix kind of goes into some detail, uh, and then people are kind of going on talking about, yeah, like where the hydrants are in their areas. Apparently there is a website, um, if you're in Melbourne, hydrants.online, which basically directs you to your local area and tells you where hydrants are. Mm, So brilliant. And also, can I just say, I mean, I'm going to use someone else's phraseology or terminology here, Paul, but Mm. you know what really grinds my gears? Ooh, what? Who says that? What really grinds my gears? Yeah, it's a, it's a term I'm, I know, but I can't quite recall where I heard it. But it's a great term. So, listeners, whenever I say... Oh, it's um, Family Guy. Yeah, I think it's oh, Family Guy. Oh, terrific. I, I love them. Um, but what really grinds my gears 
Um, you're driving along bit. I mean, I deal in antiques and I'm and I do a lot of you know I'm on the road a lot, and um, the thing that really, really, really pisses me off is how difficult it is to find people's the number on their houses. I mean, would would you agree, Paul? Yeah, when if it's night time and you're trying to find a house, oh, you've got Buckleys. Yeah, nightmare. Yeah. And people might go, oh, well, look, hang on a sec. If it's a fire, you'll see that the house is burning. Well, not necessarily. You know, fires in their early stages, um, you know, they don't give give off a lot of smoke, and you know, it could be a, a stormy night. There are lots of things that may slow down the obvious. But you've got to find, and and that's another thing, listeners. If if there's a if any type of emergency, be it police, fire, or ambulance, someone should always, and you'd be surprised how often this doesn't happen. But someone should always run out the front of the premises and wave the emergency services down. It is it's worth its weight in gold to be able to be driving an appliance and see people madly sort of you know gesticulating waving jumping up and down that that's so good and then you can just kind of fold the vehicle in park it and 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 it starts to happen because time is of the essence Mm. a friend of mine who worked um as a film set um sort of creator yeah he lived near us on the northern beaches and he had he lived in number eight on a certain street and his number eight was about 10 feet tall He'd stuck it on the side of his house. <laughs> That's massive. But by golly, there was no doubt that he lived at number eight. You could see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a, a tiny thing. Any other little um, points? Read no, that's it. I mean, I understand that you had a story you wanted to tell me. Well, yeah. Is this it's an about, antique story? Kind of, but it's a faux pas. And um, Did you I do mean, something wrong? Is that kind of. I felt really bad. I, right. Oh, dear. I mean, I've made a few in my life, probably quite a few. It's funny, your faux pas, you just kind of, um, you, you, it's just weird. You say something and then you realise that, golly, I, I shouldn't have said that. So I'm at this lovely house in a very salubrious suburb in Sydney called Hunter's Hill. Yesterday afternoon, I'd been really, really flat strap since very early yesterday morning. And at the end of the day, I get this call to go out and check out an estate. They'd sold the house. It was in a really, really nice area. It was so, it was just bloody beautiful. And they were a couple, I would imagine, in their mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. And they were very interesting. They were, I would say, she was definitely on the spectrum of being eccentric. Um, and you she, would know because your entire family is eccentric. So. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah, yeah. actually reminded me in, in a funny way of, uh, of Aunt Franny. Oh, and, I love, uh, I love Aunt. Fr- oh, yeah, Aunt she's Fr- lovely. Franny's she's brilliant. my favorite. Yep. She's amazing. Yeah. And uh, so we're sort of the only reason I went there. Normally, I don't visit estates without seeing photographs, but they sent some really great photos through, and there were one or two items in the collection including a really rare piece of um, of Beatles memorabilia. And it, and it is rare. That's pretty exciting. Um, I, should you be talking about this? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's great. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So anyway, I did, I did the, uh, I quoted on the stuff and we're chatting and sort of, they showed me this big dinner set and it was in sort of a sunroom. It had never been used. It was antique. It was made by Wedgwood. It was fairly substantial, but I'm looking at it. And I said to the couple, and they were standing behind me, I said, look, the problem with this particular dinner set is the colour. I said, it's kind of a, a purply mauve. Mm. And as I turned around, I looked straight at the lady and in her sweet and eccentric way, she had a massive purple streak right through the middle of her hairdo and I just looked at it and I realised that I basically said that that colour was totally out of vogue and and I I may have not I may have just let it slide because it's quite possible with the faux pas that the other people don't know it's you know what I mean? Yes, of course. But then I'm I sort of highlighted it by saying, Oh, oh look I'm so sorry, I've just realised you've got a a purple streak in your hair, and it was... Oh, anyway, we all had a bit of a laugh, but maybe it's not the greatest story, Paul, but it was. <laughs> but I thought it was quite funny. And it was... I mean, I've made some bad faux pas, like terrible. Really? Oh, I can't remember them, but I just know Great. they've been... No, but I know they've... Well, yeah. there was the one about the lady that... Oh, no, I can't go there. It's, it was about an unattractive baby. I think that's getting into... A danger yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but Look. it was that this baby was so scary looking. Um, because it's funny about babies. Um, 
because a friend of ours recently sent through photos of her brand new baby and it's so good looking. And in fact, the matron at the hospital said it was the best looking baby she'd ever seen. And I thought, oh, yeah, ridiculous thing to say. But this baby's actually so... It's just almost... Look, it's almost not of this world, this baby. Okay. But let's face it, some babies... Look better than other babies. Well... I mean, it's a subjective thing, yes, but uh, then... I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, I, I agree. It's... Look, I know what you're trying to say, Paul, and it's it's actually, it might be subjective, but then you actually do get a category of babies that are actually pretty scary. And sure. this lady, she brought a baby down. I was, I was doing a big hanging job. There's mm-hmm. a backstory that I'm not going to go into because it's so... It's like treading on eggshells, but she brought the baby down and I literally, I literally reeled. I, I kind of jumped back because I thought that the baby was actually like a, um extraterrestrial baby. I, I, I may have even thought it was not a baby and it was taken like it was a prop in a science fiction film. You didn't say that, did you? No, but she, re- she saw how I reacted and then she went into this incredibly complex um, explanation as to why the baby kind of looked like that. It was so funny because she was exceptionally attractive. And my brain couldn't compute seeing her and then the baby. But as I said, there's a complex backstory and and she explained everything to me and it was all. But even to this day, and that happened about 10 years ago, A, the fact I'm still talking about it. B, when I go into that suburb and into that street, I still look at that house. Ooh. Because it kind of, I found the whole experience very, very surreal. And um, I'd love you to tease more of the story out, but there's a point where it's just going to sound really weird. Um, and, well, yeah, okay. So hang on, how 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 weird looking was this baby? Oh no, it it was it it. I mean, I don't want to upset people. I well, don't want to upset listeners, but it looked just, as no, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it I it was. We- it was, I, look, you know, when I was in kindergarten, there was a kid in my cl- class who had water on the brain. I don't know what that means, but it sounds offensive. What are you talking no, about? No, he had a buildup of fluid in his brain. And I don't know what they did back in the 1960s mm-hmm. to alleviate that problem. But it was pretty, um, it was, it was, I found it fascinating as a young kid. I was five and um, it was just amazing. He had a a very large head. I just need to check this ugly baby. No, I'm not saying it was ugly. It was you just... are in a way, but th- listen, if it, this weird-looking freaky baby, mm. did it have any actual problems? No, Otherwise, or psychological. No, but it okay. did look like it had. You know how they do these caricatures of aliens? Isn't it funny how when they, whenever someone says they've had an alien encounter, uh-huh. I mean, let's face it, most of the drawings that we see. There's like a really, really big cranium coming down to a fairly pointed chin with big eyes. You know that classic sort of, would you call it an inverted triangle? Yeah. Yeah. So that this baby looked a little bit like that. Um, obviously, it just didn't consist of a triangular head and nothing else. It, it had a body um, which was wrapped up tightly. But no, what it was are you fascinating. Blathering about. We can't see the baby, so all, all well, we're getting is you talking about how I saw a weird baby once. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Paula really kind of she saw that I was visibly shocked. Okay, okay, I, I can work with conceal, that. I couldn't conceal my I won't say terror, but this was but that baby could well have grown up into a, a magnificent um specimen. <laughs> I don't want to upset people, but hey, look it's Friday. You know, it's 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 a bit of light relief, isn't it? Yeah, why not insult children? Uh, okay, I have one last thing I want to bring up this episode, and I, I saved it because I thought you might be interested. Um, have you watched the new true crime series on Netflix about the Mormons yet? Uh, yes. Now, we finished called, it last night. You finished it last night, and mm. it's called Murder Among the Mormons, I think? Mm. Uh, yeah, Murder Among the Mormons. And I didn't know about this crime, so wandering in was just an absolutely crazy thing to do. I mean, what did you think of the doc? First of all, it's a three-parter. What did you actually think? It combined, and I sat next to Christine on the first night, and I actually moved my whole body mm. forward on the lounge, and I propped my head up with my hands and had my elbows on my knees. What does that mean? It means that I was ultra-focused because I realised, as I said to Christine, that this documentary combines my probably two favourite things in the world, the love of antiques Uh and crime. Yeah, it was very, very crimey. And Um, the guy, the actual guy, I said just an hour ago, not knowing we were going to talk about this, Paul, I described him... And this is really weird, listeners. Hand on heart, I made reference to my Aunt Frances a few minutes ago and Paul said my favourite aunt. Mm -hmm. But I also made reference to this particular guy and I actually referenced his personality to another one of my relatives. That's all I'm saying. But very much like one of our relatives on, on so many levels. You don't know this particular person, Paul, but... Um, very fascinating and very, very kind of... I mean, he was um, a person that was self-taught in the art of... Well, is it a spoiler to say what he actually... Yeah, that's I mean, a good question. I mean, what, okay, one of the can, great things... Yeah, one of the things about the series is Murder Among the Mormons doesn't actually... I mean, it. it some true crime series end and you don't know who did it, right? Hmm. Um, with he, admits, murder among- he, he just admits it. Yeah, he does, but we don't know who. I mean, I don't want to talk about who he is because it could. I mean, it's tricky. I again, I'd never heard of this, but it's just three hours set in Salt Lake City in Utah, which is the seat of the Mormon faith. And I had a kind of cursory understanding of the background of how Mormonism was founded, and it's pretty wacky. I don't think that's. An outlandish thing to say. It's, well, bearing know. in mind that there will be, no doubt, listeners who are members of the Church of sure. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I just me, love saying that's a great name. Let me just say, I mean, they seem really cool. I just think, look, it's no wackier than any other religion, honestly. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it's fairly outlandish. It involves, you know, what, what sounds like, a, you know, like a cowboy-esque entrepreneur finding gold plates that he was told to dig up by an angel called Moroni who may have actually been a salamander. Totally normal stuff. Mm. But what happens is you've got the city of, you know, fairly conservative but apparently quite pleasant people, incredibly white. I did they, not have see a, a, they do have a very good choir. 
Sure, the Tabernacle Choir, yes. And mm. if you're a fan of the Fletch movies, uh, there's a fair bit of... Mm. But also f- uh, Marie and Donny Osmond. Oh, are they Mormons? They were and are, and I don't know if they're still alive. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, um, look, yeah. No, Paul, yeah. it's fascinating because, I mean, without giving too much away, mm. this particular guy, let's call him an antiquarian book dealer because that's what he was, he kept basically turning up the best ephemera, it's called, that, and he he realised that the, the the head of the Mormon Church, the the, the group, the Council of, of Men. Yes, it is mm-hmm. very obvious, um, painfully obvious when you see you know those groups of, of males. It's kind of a bit, ugh. and um, but he managed to turn up the most extraordinary sort of things that would validate the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. But one of the creepiest things about this guy I found and really interesting was that you recall when he was seven, Paul, he met up with some mates and they went on a treasure hunt? Yeah. You recall what he did? Yeah. He... He'd gone out the night before and dug a, and buried a treasure. Mm. And then, I mean, just think about a seven-year-old's brain. And I kind of thought that was pretty cool, like certainly ingenious, but... um and then they all go off in different directions and then he calls them over and his mates are standing around and he's digging up this bottle of coins. Yeah. And I'm sure that sowed the seed of this desire. And But he was a master forger, wasn't he? <clears throat> yeah, and I'm trying to wonder what... I mean, I'm curious as to whether he qualifies as a sociopath or a psychopath. Uh, um, the, fa- the fact that he um, he well uh, definitely a psychopath in that there was zero. Um, I mean, did you listen to his rationale for killing was, people? Really, it was like a math equation. It was so you're right. It was so that that indicates to me that he. Um, I mean, he. Oh God! I, I, and what about the room in the house that the wife was never allowed in? Oh yeah. Absolutely I mean, crazy. Think about if, listeners. Think about think about your own private lives, and mm. you know there may well be a listener or two out there with a private room. I mean, I know that a lot of men have their shed, like the mm. garage, but that's not a no go area. I yeah, I found that really interesting. I look if you haven't seen the series, do go and give it a watch. It's really interesting. And just just quickly, I've often kind of struggled with the differences between psychopaths and sociopaths. And I've got here a really kind of neat guide. So a sociopath makes it clear they do not care how others feel, behaves in hot-headed and impulsive ways, prone to fits of anger and rage, recognize what they are doing but rationalize their behavior, cannot maintain a regular work and family life, and can form emotional attachments, but it's difficult for them, right? So they have... it. That's like they are tapped into their emotions in a kind of bad way and they have trouble connecting and they, they're very impulsive and they make excuses for themselves, uh, which means they do very bad stuff. But they do—they are tapped into their emotions. A psychopath pretends to care, displays cold-hearted behavior, fails to recognize other people's distress, has relationships that are shallow and fake to look normal, maintains a normal life as a cover for criminal activity often, fails to form genuine emotional attachments, and may love people in their own way. But basically, a psychopath will kind of pretend to be reacting in a real emotional way in order to get what they want. And it sounds like the bad guy, for lack of a better term, from Murder Among the Mormons kind of just didn't see, I mean, didn't really connect with the inherent value of life 
and just wanted to get things for their it's it's really interesting and Mm. it's and it's also a really interesting period piece it happens Mm. in the mid 80s and so the wealth of footage that's in there is it's it's really interesting just Mm. it's like a snapshot so Mm. but he did love the good life paul yeah he he had a beautiful sports car but then one of the things that troubled me is that he goes out into the desert with a machine gun Mm. and just starts shooting at buildings now i kind of get that in that often in the in country new south wales for example not so much now but it was very common to see signs that have been shot up. You know, that's sort of a thing, Mm. probably a lot less now. But, you know, he did a lot of... I mean, he loved the good life. He he travelled business class. He he was dealing in massive sums of money. Um, But interspersed with all the fake stuff, although it does sort of shed light on, you know, the veracity of some of his claims in relation to other ephemera, because he had a lot of other stuff. He had stuff, um, I mean, you may recall he had some exceptional letters from other really famous um, Americans, including, um, you know, the first, you know Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. Um, he had some stuff, yeah, really interesting stuff. And, 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 and in the real world of ephemera, listeners, um, people pay extraordinary money. I had a black and white photograph, small photo, it had um, JFK's signature on it. Mm-hmm. And when we had an antique shop in Manly, an American guy walked in. He paid 5000 cash for that small photo signed by JFK. And that's back in the mid-'80s. Right. So that's serious coin. Um, so, And that's the thing about antiques and paintings and, and, and beautiful vases. Anything of value in the world will be faked. Now, you know, it's it's fraught with with um with danger. And I um perhaps if we can finish this podcast, Paul, if you think it's the right time, I'd just like to end with a rather sobering and somber thought. And it kind of okay. creeped me out a little bit, but I'm putting sure. it out there and I'm probably one of the first people to put this out there. Mm-hmm. Now I heard something from a very, very famous and highly esteemed antique dealer in Sydney. He's one of the best. You could match him with anyone probably in the world. He's He mm. deals at a level that's mega. He deals in the finest, finest treasures that you can imagine. And he said something to me a few days ago that resonated with me. It's, it's It has stayed with me to this to this second that I'm about to, to put it out there. And it's so creepy and disturbing for me being an antique dealer but i'm 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 in my early 60s now and i'm kind of feeling that i've this is sort of the zenith of 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 antiques but he said to me and i and you could have knocked me over with a feather he said and i quote we've got 10 years left of antiques that's his opinion he believes that we've got 10 years and and i kind of think he's I really thought long and hard. I've been dealing in antiques for 40 years mm-hmm. and I began to think about you and Anne and Mark and your desire for antiques and it's, you know, you like some nice things, some mid-century furniture, some nice Japanese stuff, but a lot of young people and people coming up through the ranks, if we can use that term, are or have very little interest in, in collecting 
it's it's fascinating. If that's a kind of trend that comes and goes, surely it'll come back. I don't necessarily think, I don't think, Paul, and it's a discussion I have on a daily basis with clients because the clients, when I go in to see their, their, their things, a lot of the clients are the standard phrase, and it's a daily thing that people say, basically they want to believe and they say, look, it's just a, it's a cycle, it will come back. But no, I, I really believe that some of the stuff, it will never come back. Okay. I think that's um, it's fascinating, and I think um, timing-wise, I mean, there are, there are bugger-all antique shops left in Sydney, and that's a fact. And... Um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting... Um, I think it could open up an interesting discussion. Okay. Well, I mean, hopefully the antique industry doesn't just die because old things are beautiful. So I agree. I, yeah. I, I totally agree. Mm. And, and a lot of the beautiful things that... Well, some of the beautiful Japanese stuff that you've got, Paul, it, it, yeah. it, there are not people around that can replicate that today. We might just get a flood of people saying, what are you talking about? I'll, I'll always want this stuff, but... Hopefully, you know, hopefully it stays. Hopefully people that keep... If what you're saying is TikTok youths don't enjoy antiques, I think there'll be a point where, you know, I think, honestly, everything comes back into vogue. And I mm. think it's going to come and go in waves. That's my that's my thought. Mm. Well, I think that's just about all um, we have the time for this week. So I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. We'll be back on Tuesday morning with a brand new episode of Loose Units. In the meantime, have a fantastic weekend, everyone. Make sure you figure out where your hydrants are for the love of God, and we'll see you next week for more Loose Units. Bye. Cheerio. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.